welcome to the Two Dyspraxics. I'm Matthew Munson. And I'm Barbara Neal. So today we're going to talk about something that we both know a little bit about, and that is writing. The subject is very dear to our hearts. So do you want to kick off, Matthew, with your interest in writing? Um, yes, uh, well, yeah, we are, we are somewhat experienced it, I suppose, we, it's, it's fair to say. Um, uh, yeah, we've got different paths. So actually, if you think about it, Barbara, one of our earliest meetings, kind of how, how two, two, two dispatches came about was, in a sense, because of writing. It was. Yeah, you know, like, anyway, that's another story. But um, so I, um, I've written three fiction books um that have been published and i'm currently working on a new one i'm going to be looking for a new publisher when that one is is written um and i write on my blog uh occasionally i'm trying to do more on my blog uh, as well um that's kind of non-fictiony stuff that i write sort of about you know adoption processes and a bit a little bit about dyspraxia but not not very much most of the dyspraxia stuff has been you and me, Barbara. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things. I always remember. Did you have you ever heard of the writer called Christopher Hitchens? Yes. Yeah, so, and it's you know, so he was a very um, controversial figure, but he was a as a writer. I thought he was a very powerful writer, whether you agreed with him or not. And one thing I always liked is when he he once said, "Writing's not something I do. Writing is what I am." Um, and and. I agreed with that because the thought of not writing is, I don't know, it's, I couldn't, it doesn't compute with me, you know, um, I grew up in a house, my, 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 dad's a, my dad was a writer, my dad was a journalist, um, and that kind of thing that I didn't want to, um, uh, you, oh good, now no, it's really popular in this one, Barbara, you're, you're being month. So I'm very sorry about that because... <laughs> The phone was ringing at this age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. My, so my dad was a journalist for, for about 50 years and it kind of convinced me that I wanted to write. I also inherited the writing gene from him, for want of a better word, but I didn't want to write non-fiction in the same way that he does. You know, I didn't want to write the news or sports he was particularly interested in because oh, I don't care about the news enough in that sense to write about Right. I don't care about thought right. enough to write about it. Um, I like to make things up. Um, and I have this strange belief that news should be true. It's controversial, but I believe that to be the case. Oh, tell me about it. I couldn't agree more. <sighs> uh, yeah, maybe absolutely. we're old-fashioned, Barbara, but, uh, but we believe in, in actual journalistic integrity. Um, yes. You know, like, like my dad yeah. was. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I started writing fiction. I, I, I don't... It's not my full-time career... I think I would love it to be my full-time career, um, but it just hasn't worked out yet. You know, I was even I was even director of a or trustee of a um, local writers charity here in Thanet for uh, about a year, just over a year, uh, until until my lad my lad arrived on the scene. I kind of needed to focus more on him, so I I, I gave that up, um, and that was kind of designed to sort of help local writers, give them a platform to show off their skills. Um, you know, in the long term, we want to do a lot of good things with that, and unfortunately it's not quite worked out. But, um, yeah, do you know what, at the end of it, the fundamental of it is I just love telling stories. 
you know, I love a good story. You know? Yes. What about you? What was your... Yeah. How, actually, considering it, I've, I've just going to ask you this, considering, you know, your, your very varied experiences and you, your hypnotherapist and all the things you've done, where did the writing come from? You know, what, what, how, do you, how did you discover that actually that was going to be a, uh, an interest? I, I discovered it when I was a child because um, I used to love writing poetry um, and I just loved writing from the outset, really. Um, when I was at school, my school experience, I suppose, along with many other dyspraxic people, was not a good one, <laughs> generally speaking, because the education system is not set up to um, aid dyspraxic people in general, um, and certainly not in the 1960s when I was at school. So, um, however, my best subject was always English. So I loved writing. I always had my nose in a book when, from very young age. Yeah, I just loved reading, and and the two go hand in hand, obviously, as far as I'm concerned. So I started out writing poetry and essays and and that sort of thing, you know, shortish things, short stories. And um, and then when I hit my sort of late teens and even mid to late teens, I would say, you know, when the hormones kick in and... (laughs) And you fall in love, you know, <laughs> you know everything there is to know, you know, that kind of thing. So I wrote loads. Wow. <laughs> that was really quite prolific. Not that anything ever came of it, but um, I used to handwrite everything then, obviously, really? because that was the only option. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, that was, it was such a long time ago. I didn't have a typewriter when I was a, a teenager. So, um, so I used to handwrite everything, which is hard going mm. if you're dyspraxic. You know, that's probably why I stuck to poetry and short stories I suppose you know there's no way I'd write a novel by hand no way on earth because um it actually physically hurts at times doesn't it oh, when you're writing by hand so it's, it's not something I tend to do even now you know I, I use um I type whenever I can and use my phone for taking notes mm. and stuff but um yeah and then it was uh what did I do after that I think it was when I decided to have a crack at writing no- novels. That was that was after I met you for the first mm. time, and um, and you mentioned something about NaNoWriMo, which I'd never heard of, and uh, so I thought, well, what's this NaNoWriMo? What's it all about? And for the benefit of anyone who doesn't know about NaNoWriMo, it's short for National Novel Writing Month. And it takes place in November every year and has done for quite a number of years now, actually. Yeah, I think it was originally founded in, I'm probably getting it wrong, I think San Francisco in the States. Was a- yeah, I, I actually met the person who started it. Christmas. No way. Yeah, oh, he's such a lovely, lovely bloke as well. And, um, yeah, he came over because um, it was our writers, a few of us from our writers group, in um, in Maidstone, and um, this was thanks to Elizabeth Haynes actually, who is a flipping good writer. She's one of my favourites. Mm. She's a really talented writer, I think. And her latest, I'm going to plug her latest novel, which is You, Me, and the Sea, is one of the best books I've read for a very long time. It stayed with me, really stayed with me. But um, she was um, she lived in our area, so you know we we became quite good friends mm. and. Um, so she had a link with a writer's group in Brighton 
And when Chris Beatty came over, he was being hosted by them. So we had the opportunity, a few of us, to go down there for the evening. Wow. And um, while he gave a talk, and then we met him, had a chat in the bar, and he was such a nice person. And this was my first outing into... Well, I'd, I'd taken part once in NaNoWriMo, which, incidentally, <laughs> I should have mentioned, the challenge is to write 50,000 words of a new novel. Originally it was, you know, but it could be 50,000 words of anything now in a month. So that's from the 1st to the 30th of November. You have to write 50,000 words. And um, not worrying too much about the quality because it can be edited afterwards, but it's just to get that writing done. It's a way of basically getting off your backside and getting writing. But um, when I was talking to Chris Beatty in the bar, I said, I've loved it so much. I really enjoyed that first NaNoWriMo because um, I found that I was writing in some of the forums because there's forums, there's so many people who take part all over the world. And I was saying, you'll never guess what's happened. I'm writing to find out what happens next. <laughs> so, there, so there were these old hands who were saying, ah, yes. <laughs> you know, they've been there and done that. But to me, that was like magic, you know, because I'd never had a go at writing a novel. And I thought, Dad, no, I'll try. I mean, the novel itself is rubbish. It's only fit for properly up a table, but um, it's absolute rubbish. It really is. And uh, I wouldn't... Um, inflict it on anyone on purpose but um but at least the thing I, I gleaned from that was the fact that I have the staying power to write a novel so I know I have that and I've been hopefully improving since yeah. then but um the night I met Chris Beatty or the evening I met Chris Beatty that night um because I tend to start NaNoWriMo a minute past midnight so technically it's the first of November mm. and, and then I write a couple of, I tried to write at least a couple of thousand words a day, so that gives me a bit of leeway because the average per day is 1,667 words. So I make it, yeah, so I make it 2,000 and then that gives me some leeway. So that means I write 2,000 words before I go to sleep on the early hours of the 1st of November. And then when I wake up in the morning, I write another 2,000 words at least. And then it's, I feel psychologically it's given me a day's head start. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, I'm, I'm aware of the fact that we could, we could have a whole podcast just on NaNoWriMo alone. I think probably so much. So perhaps I'll shelve the rest of the stuff about NaNoWriMo until then. But, um, how, many but anyway, you, that, how many books do you have published now? Um, ooh, let me think. I finally published a book of poetry. Um, that was on the anniversary of my dad's passing because he always used to say to me, you should publish these. You know, you should publish. Lots of them are ditties. Some of them are serious. Some I think are probably quite funny, you know, but um, so it's a real mixed bag. Mm. And, um, but I published it finally as a tribute to my dad, really. And so that was the poetry book, poetry anthology. And, um, let me see, there's two novels now. There's Wired, um, Chuffed and Smug's Great Idea, <laughs> which is a bit farcical. And um, I've also published um, Dyspraxia and Hypnotherapy and um, Practical Hypnotherapy Simplified, which is also following on from my dad, published um, a couple of books on practical hypnotherapy because he was one of the first hypnotherapists in the UK. Yeah. And I 
kind of followed in his footsteps, but I've added quite a lot to that. And um, so practical hypnotherapy simplified. Um, let me see what else is there. There's actually there's one that hasn't been published yet, but should be. And that's a certain joint project. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. I, I, yeah. yeah. By, by a certain um, so, Matthew Munson and uh, Barbara Neal. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that will happen. Yeah, I think uh, it will happen. It, it will. You know, I, God knows when, but I think that's. Well, it, it will. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So those, I think one of the, one of the ones I've enjoyed writing the most is um, the last one I published, which was Chuffton Smug's Great Idea. I really thoroughly enjoyed writing that because it's a farce. And I had the um, the joy of reading a review from um, somebody who read it and likened it to Tom Sharp. I was so wow. chuffed about that because, because I love Tom Sharp. You know, so, so I thought, wow, you know, if, if it's being compared with, with Tom Sharp stuff and somebody added to that that um having read the blurb they thought of Wilt immediately so I thought, well that's good because it's nothing you know it's not um a rip-off of any of Tom Sharp's stories quite the opposite you know it's it's totally well I'm sure unique <laughs> but uh but no I really enjoyed that because there's a lot of farce and so there are lots of misunderstandings and and so on going on in it. So I've got a great buzz out of writing that. But when I started writing it, it started out as I was going to have two different timelines. And um, so there were two stories going on that were meant to match up. Okay. And I found I was, I was writing this particular part of it. And then I thought, right, I better write some about the other one. And so I was going to the other one. I thought, do you know, I'm not really enjoying this part of it. Oh. So, so I decided to ditch that other timeline and just stick with the Chuffed and Smug story. So, so it just became a story in its own writing. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So, how does your writing process work? Do you write on a regular basis, or yeah, just when you feel the urge? Yeah, it's, it's difficult because I think in an ideal world, if I if I if I if I could be completely as it were, selfish about it. I probably write a lot more than I do at the moment. Um, of course, being being a being a parent, you know, it, mm. to a to a child, who a ten year old child, you know, you, you, your time isn't your own. You know, the the demands on you aren't all your own, and that and that's the way it should be as a parent. That's that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, of course, it does limit then the time that I have for thought of that creative art and I think there was a t- there's been a time I think especially over the last well certainly the last year particularly in the early months of that of the lockdown where, where like like loads of people I struggled to find a routine so I struggled to write every day because you know Brian needed me work needed me other 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 responsibilities needed me so actually I had to kind of really carve out a tiny little bit of time so whereas before I could easily write maybe two thousand words in a sitting and not even pass the time of day, then I was like maybe writing two hundred, two hundred and fifty words, you know. Before I I had to do something else, you know, or had to. I did because you know I'm a father. I choose to be a father, and that's my priority. Um, I think now it's interesting. I feel like I've kind of gone back into finding more routine and finding a bit more time for that thing which is a passion for me 
in terms of a daily basis. You know, my, my goal is now I will write a thousand words a day, uh, minimum. I'd prefer two, but on the realism, if I get to 1,000, I'm happy. Um, you know, and even, even Brian understands that actually that's one thing that I want to do, and that's something for me. Um, you know, and he, Brian is at the age now where he is a bit more comfortable doing something by himself for a little while, um, where he wasn't always that comfortable doing that. So I think that helps me in a way um, that I can sometimes carve out a little bit more time. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gradually getting back to where I was before, you know, that, that, that one, that 1,000, right. 2,000 limit, 2,000 still a bit of a pipe dream every day. Occasionally I can do it, you know, on a, on a Wednesday when Brian's at school, um, my dad picks him up from school, uh, and my mum and dad look after him for a couple of hours. So, you know, actually I have a, a longer time so I can easily get 2,000 words done on a Wednesday. Um, so I have to kind of I have to be kind to myself in that I'm not going to get everything done that I would like to get done Um, you know I'm not I'm not as productive as I used to be Um, right but I've I've kind of I've rediscovered the the love of writing you know Um, I had to the fact that I couldn't do it for a while was a real struggle um and it made me really uncomfortable that I couldn't do it because it is who I am. It's not just a job. It's part of my personality, I guess. Um, and I yeah. think as soon as I rediscovered that, I think I kind of chilled out a bit and relaxed a little bit. Um, and that's really helped. That's really helped. So, so yeah. And actually, ironically, it has some mental health as well because I'm not stressing over it because I'm actually getting to do it again. I actually, I actually feel right. a lot calmer uh, as a result. So I, I normally do it early in the morning because I'm an early riser and Brian assiduously is not an early riser. Um, you know, he's half seven, eight o'clock usually is his time. And if I'm up since five, half five, six o'clock, I can usually get a thousand, twelve hundred words done in that time. Um, yeah. 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 So it's, it's usually around kids. What, what about you? Because obviously I know you, being now a lady of, well, no, if I say a lady of pleasure, that's not really fair because although you're tired from hypnotherapy, you've, you've taken on another job, so you're probably busy than ever now. Yeah. I am, yeah. I've, I've got so busy since, <laughs> since I retired um, just doing things. And um, I was saying, I was talking to um, the people, the friends in our writers' group last night about this, and I said, yeah, the plan originally was that I would do a lot more writing, but it's not necessarily working out that way because, um, well, we're doing the podcasting, mm. obviously, which is taking a bit of um, planning and organising. Um, and also, yes, I'm working. I've got a lovely four hours a week job for the co-op, but I inevitably do more than four hours because it's working in the community and linking good causes up with each other and volunteers with good causes. So I love it. Thoroughly enjoying that. I wasn't even looking for a job oh, really? actually. And I saw this one advertised and I thought, Ooh, I really like the sound of that. So, uh, so I had to apply and I was very fortunate. I got it. So, um, yeah, so very, very chuffed about that. And I do love it. So I'm doing that. And, um, but what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, I've got a couple of projects, actually, on the subject of mm. writing. I've got a couple of projects on the go. There's a joint project with a friend of mine who lives in Canada. And uh, I won't say 
too much about mm. this at the moment because um but we were both married to the same person, not at the no, same time. No, you weren't, were you? And yes, not oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> no. But um yes, we were both married to the same person and um we've written about our experiences and I won't say any How more. Interesting. That, all sorts of reasons why no, it's very I'm not. going no, no, no. just now, but um, but all will be revealed eventually. Wow. And um, and uh, yes, another project I'm working on at the moment is a non-fiction. It's actually a memoir. Wow! So I'm having a, having a go at memoir writing, and I'm enjoying that too because the purpose of it really is a. It's to be a trip down memory lane because I've reached this <laughs> age, so so I can reminisce about lots. And it's called a bath in the kitchen <laughs> because my grandparents, my maternal grandparents, had a bath in my their God. kitchen. It was installed in the kitchen, and there's all sorts of really weird things that they're weird now, but they were quite normal back in those days. So a bath in the kitchen was one of them that other people have said to me, oh, yes, I'm, I remember that. You know, so-and-so had a bath in their kitchen, which is unthinkable now, but normal then. Um, my cousin once unplugged, um, sorry, took out a light bulb so he could plug in his mum's record player <laughs> into the light socket. You know, and that is also unthinkable. You just wouldn't do that now, but that was normal then. You know, that was how he used a rec player because it had a light, it plugged into the light socket. Wow. And things like my first pair of Levi's, I had to buy them. So they were a couple of sizes too big and then I wore them in the bath <laughs> to shrink them, you know, because you had to buy, that's what you did with Levi's. And that was after they'd stopped just being um, garments worn by workmen you know jeans were only worn by workmen they weren't you know I can re actually remember a time when jeans weren't worn by all and sundry as they are now so there's some very weird and wonderful things and so I'm, I'm using that as the theme through my um through my memoir so that's a bit of an ongoing process so I'll, I'll write a little bit of that and then I'll leave it alone for a while and then I'll do something else and then I go back to it so it's a bit of a an ongoing process, but I'm really enjoying doing that. Uh, it must be nice to remember re remember those experiences and think how different life actually was so soon. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, all in the space yeah. of my lifetime. You know, it's just, um, I don't feel that old. Well, really, in, but, in the scheme of things, by what I Well, in my head, I'm not. In my head, I'm probably in my yeah. 30s, I think, but, uh, but, not yeah. everywhere else. The rest of you may not agree, but okay. <laughs> like the joints. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's, I don't tend to write regularly. I must write every day. I don't really work like that. It doesn't work like that for me because I'm very much like, you know, I do what I want to, when I want to, and that includes writing. So because I love writing, it's not a chore. It's yeah. never a chore. So I can really sort of get, get my teeth into it but when I feel like it so yeah when I feel like going back to a bath in the kitchen I'll go back to a bath in the kitchen and um, carry on with that but um, you know as other things come up I just do what I want to when I want to and it's very <laughs> nice <laughs> even yeah even with my work commitments I don't have to work specific hours if there's a meeting then that's different you know but 
the rest of the time I can just work as and when I sort my own hours out and yeah, so it's perfect. I've got the perfect retirement. Well, that's a really. nice kind of balance you've but, got, I think, isn't it? That, that you can you can you can follow your pattern. And I, I, yeah. and that, you know, something I, I really yeah. strongly believe with writing is that it sh- it should be a pat. You don't, you don't have to be you have to be qualified to any degree. You have to get, go to university to get a creative writing degree or anything to, to become a writer. But you have to be passionate about about writing. You know, yeah. you're just to make Definitely. a million dollars, yeah. what the hell are you doing? You know, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. you, you don't do it for that. Do it because you have got a story you want to tell. You know. Oh, definitely. And and if you're passionate about the subject particularly, because my um, um, practical hypnotherapy simplified, I'm really passionate about mm. hypnotherapy and the fact that it's incredibly powerful in one session. Yeah. And um, so I've written a whole book around that. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, it's just expressing yourself. In your well, mind, I think it's, it's – because I, I think – and think about it now, I think especially for the last year, I've been sort of messing around with different storylines and different concepts about things I might want to talk about. And it's almost been an excuse not to carry on with it because I think my mind's not been in the right place with my writing, but – you know, I've not found the thing that captures my passion, you know, that excites me. Whereas a, a few months right. ago, it must have been before Christmas, I found, it just, it, you know, I did it bubbling in my head for ages. I'm a bit of a science fiction sort of fantasy geek, as you know about me. And one of the things I really wanted to do was yeah. about parallel universes, you know, to be able to explore how a decision, a different decision taken could change your life. And, I started writing this story. I started doing a bit of background on it and then I started writing the story. And I love it. I'm still working on it now. And and that for me is the thing. You know, I I, I rediscover my passion yeah. because I'm actually doing a story that I want to do. Um, not because I'm doing I think I I should do that because that's the latest trend that's coming out, or you know, I want to try and be the next this writer or that writer. I I want to be the next Matthew Munson. You know, that that's the right style I want. Um, yeah. and, and so actually I think now I've, I've kind of found my voice again and I think that's hopefully that helped me if I when I finished it and I start trying to look for a, publish, a new publisher uh, you can never be guaranteed but hopefully you'd yeah. like to think that my voice would shine through more because I'm being authentic rather than trying to copy somebody else because I care about what I'm writing at last okay. absolutely absolutely and Actually, something, I don't know, you could possibly try this, but um, it was NaNoWriMo that inspired me as a hypnotherapist at the time um, to put together a programme for mm. writers. So it was um, the Neil Technique for Writers is what I've called it. And it's just a, it's a session, you just listen to it, listen to the, um, it's available as a, down, this is a terrible <laughs> plug actually, I just realised, but, um, but, but it is available as a download. And um, and it was tried and tested on a number of people, and they all came back with very positive results. And uh, it's just a case of listening to this. It's a session of hypnotherapy, mm. effectively, but um, it tells you that it puts into your subconscious knowing when to take a break, looking after your posture. And I'm saying that while I'm leaning forward <laughs> into the microphone, which is not good, but looking after your posture, 
finding time for writing, not being too critical and just all the sorts of things and doing away with writer's block and all that kind of thing, you know. And um, so it encompasses quite a lot of the issues that writers face. And I found that um, when I was doing NaNoWriMo and I noticed all these things coming up, so I thought these need to be addressed, tried it on um, a group of people and uh, they all came back with positive results. And there was someone who said, I can't believe it because I could never find the time to write. So she didn't see how it could help with that, but it did. She said she's found time, she's writing, she's on her way to writing her first novel now. So, um, Brilliant. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know yeah, I, yeah. well, that. I think that kind of yeah settles my mind, you know. Um, yeah, we, we were um, actually last night in our writers' group on our Zoom meeting... We were having exactly that conversation about um, there's one of our number who's struggling to be enthusiastic. about. She's got lots of started projects, but none of them are really calling to her. So, you know, we all agreed that it needs to be something that's really calling yeah. to you and how she can get past that particular block. And I didn't think to mention the new technique for writers. I should have done. Yeah, I'm not going to lie about it. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's... But that's the perfect tale. You know, she's got these started projects, none of which are calling out to her. Just don't stress about them. If you started something and finished it, it doesn't matter. If it's not yeah. right, it's not right no, thing at the moment. You know? All right. Exactly. All writing is good writing. It doesn't necessarily have to be published. It doesn't necessarily have to um, fit a criteria. It just depends. You know, obviously, if you're under pressure, you have a contract and you have a um, contractual yeah. obligation then that's different but other than that the way I write oh, is to please myself God. basically and if other people enjoy yeah, it I that's agree. brilliant yeah that's absolutely bonus. yeah so, so that's mm, that's the bottom line of writing and uh, I think yeah. on that happy note I think we probably covered our I think so I think so writing. I think that's that's pretty pretty darn tooting good I don't know where that came from, sorry. Yeah, so I agree with... Oh, oh, no, yeah. I, I don't know where I came from. Oh, God. I do. <laughs> eloquence is our old group. <laughs> so, so on that happy, eloquent note, um, we'll stay And it's goodbye from her. Me. Bye.